the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning and welcome to Ion Real Estate. I'm Stephen Ebert and I'm here with my colleague Ace Watana Supar from Citizens Bank. Good morning, Ace. Good morning, Stephen. And Dottie will be joining us shortly. Uh, we have a great show for you today. We have a lot of uh, interesting things that are going on. On the legal side, there are a couple of new additional laws. I know in our last show we talked about the new power of attorney law. We talked about a number of changes affecting co-ops in Westchester County specifically, but also statewide. Um, there is a new law that went into effect about biometric data privacy. What uh, steps that businesses must take to protect your information, as well as, and that's already in effect, and a new law that's passed and by the end of the month will be in effect, affecting data privacy and your information as a tenant. So stay tuned for those legal issues. Wow. Uh, but before we get, get into those issues, um, there's a lot going on in the economy. Uh, Ace, what are you hearing about construction, inflation? What's going on? Yeah, there's a lot of um, conversations in regards to inflation, you know, cost of goods um, rising. But, but I think, you know, the good news is the last couple of weeks, the price of lumber has come down um, dramatically. So that's good news for folks that are looking to build homes. But you know, one, you know, one of the concerns with inflation and, you know, with um, the government continuing to subsidize and, and print, um, you know, the dollar uh, to help the economy, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it, there's a fine line, right, Stephen, in terms of helping stimulate the economy, and where we're going to continue to um, lower the cost of the dollar if we continue to print uh, more and more and, you know, the COVID strain uh, seems like it's not going away. The second one seems to be stronger. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think there's, you know, an increase in interest rates should be healthy for the economy to show signs of it, of an economic recovery. Um, but that's really the question, you know, the question that everybody has now today, which is, you know, how, how low or how long will the rates stay stay much longer and when can we see an increase in rates but we'll see i mean right now there's a onslaught in mortgages especially near suburban areas where folks want a little bit more space but construction to perm has definitely been um a huge huge trend uh not not only from last year but this year especially with price points 
um, that are a little bit lower when when there's there needs a little bit of fix, um, fixing and you know just a little bit more maintenance that buyers can can go in buy something a little bit cheaper and utilize the construction superm product. But Stephen, I just wanted to introduce yourself, right? Um, you know my 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 colleague here and co-host Stephen Ebert. Whose specialty is in real estate law, both residential and, and commercial. Stephen is a partner at Cassidy and Cassidy LLP, and um, Cassidy and Cassidy LLP has offices in Manhattan, Westchester, Dallas, and Phoenix. So, if you have any legal questions or any dilemmas about real estate, please give Stephen a call right now at eight six six nine seven zero eight six two two. Dottie should be joining us shortly, and also at eleven a.m. You know, we'll be joined by Michael Conte. Michael is a managing partner at Honig Conte Perino Insurance Agency. He's been on our show um, plenty of times, and he'll be, you know, he'll be happy to share with you any insurance um, questions and policy changes um, that you may want to know about. So, um, yeah, no, and, and, that's, and that's a great. Oh, Dottie, great. Good morning, I, I Dottie. I think I heard Dottie. Oh, you heard me. It's technology. I, I got a microphone and a, <laughs> I, I got all this equipment that I tried out. I did it last week so that it would be clearer, that the voice would be clearer. And I think if it worked, I was getting it for all of us since we're not in the studio like we used to be. And I can't wait till we're back. Um, however, the phones are down at the station somewhat. So now I had to kind of reorganize. But I but am all, here, but guys... It's all, listen. But it's okay. What do they say? The show must go on. You can't let a little thing throw off the thing. So you guys continue and I'll uh, pick it up whenever. Great. So we, we were talking about inflation and construction of perm. And, you know, Ace, let's maybe focus in on the construction to perm a little bit and then we'll backtrack into, yeah, um, you know, in, inflation. And it's great that Mike's going to be here because I can tell you that when you own a property versus you have an active construction site, you definitely have different risk issues. So we definitely want to pick Mike's brain later um, about some insurance uh, differences and coverage that you want to have if you're doing renovations or building. If you're doing renovations, yeah. Absolutely. But focusing in on the construction to perm, um, it, it's really a great technique because I see a lot of times People are trying to list a home. Maybe they inherited a home that really needed a lot of TLC. And they're saying, look, this may not get past the bank appraisal, so it's got to be an all-cash buyer. And there's a lot of incorrect assumptions in there. But what, what I'd love for you to do is if you can maybe talk about a couple of the key differences, because I know sometimes people get bits of information. So they hear one thing about rates, and they hear one thing about escrow. And you know, construction loans in detail work very, very differently than just a permanent loan. And if you can talk about some of those, you know, extra things that are in there, um, so that way people are prepared and they know how to manage the process. Definitely, Stephen. I mean, there's a lot um, in regards to construction to perm that people aren't aware of. And, you know, the, uh, the notion behind it is that it's a little bit more difficult um, to get approved than a traditional loan. And that's just not true, right? And, and to your point, Stephen, if you utilize it in the right way, it's an amazing tool for our listeners out there. First of all, one of the key differences is that, you know, you'll get um, a uh, loan to value on not only the land value, but the construction is built in 
and your down payment is the combination of the purchase price on the land and the build out that you're going to finance into the loan. And they're going to take the value of the house when it's all said and done. So for example, Stephen, if you're purchasing the land for 300,000 and you need to put in another 500,000 into the construction, that's an $800,000 loan that you're taking out, right? The total value. So now you take the 800,000 and construction or perm, you need to put 20%, sometimes even as low as 15%. So you'll take not 20% of the land value, but 20% of 800,000, which is a total cost to not only purchase the land, but it's a total cost to purchase the land and renovations included. So it's an amazing tool. Now, one of the things that you need to think about too is that the contractor that you use, they have to be a licensed contractor. And as long as they're a licensed contractor, the banks will will work with the contractor when we're creating the when we're doing the appraisal and it's a one time appraisal as well you're not doing two appraisals basically you know the minute you finish the construction the bank will do the appraisal and they'll disperse the um the funds accordingly to a schedule right you have 12 months to finish the project and for the first 12 months also steven it's interest only so there's a, there's, there's a lot of nuances for the construction to perm um, program, but it's an amazing tool for folks to utilize. If you're a buyer that wants to buy a home that could have a very good price point because it needs a little TLC, to your point, Stephen, and if you have the wherewithal to get a contractor, go through some of the architect designs, it's, um, it's amazing when you can build your home the way that you want it to, right? So it's... Uh, it's definitely a product that's popular and in demand right now. And I would say if you're a listener out there and you've never done a construction perm uh, loan before, give us a call 1-866-970-9622 and um, leave your name and number and we'll contact you and we'll walk you through. It's yeah. very easy. It's a great point. And also, I guess for, for listeners to make sure that they understand the bank will look at the work that your contractor is doing. And as long as they're licensed and insured, you can pick any contractor. That any you want. contractor. So it's not, yeah. So it's not like you're stuck with a very short list approved by the bank. Correct. You pick Correct. the professionals you want. A um, couple other quick questions. So just so people understand, um, you know, one of the concerns that I would advise clients that when you're engaging with contractors, you do not want to pay the whole bill up front. You want to pay it in stages. Um, can you explain a little bit of how disbursements work just so they have a general sense? Absolutely, Stephen. So Stephen's right. If you pay the whole amount, the contractor will never come back, right? So you want to make sure that you're putting it into different phases. So you know when, when you're working on the construction to perm loan, the bank will have the contractor lay out the schedule. And depending on what we call first phase, second phase, third phase of completion, the, as soon as the contractor is finished with the first phase, that's where the $500,000 worth of construction loan will be dispersed, right? So there's 300,000 for the land, 500,000 for the construction loan. Let's say the completion is in three different phases within the first year. After the first phase is completed, then the contractor will receive the disbursements um, for the second um, phase. So it's it's in different phases, Stephen. Um, it's laid out 
in terms of the timeline prior to starting the construction. Um, so everybody's on the same page, not only between the bank, but the contractor and then also the buyer. So it's a very simple, simple schedule that, that people will follow. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I think we're in the middle. So my train is a little off, but I thought that today and going forward, we would talk about what you're talking about as, you know, what over the last year, we're almost hopefully, hopefully um, through the worst of this pandemic. Um, what what has, has the outlook on homes and, and totally changed possibly forever? Because it's been uh, over a year now. And of course, if you all think back of Ace and Steven, I mean, and all of the listeners, it was a roller coaster ride. I mean, I think we all thought initially, oh, this will be done in three or four weeks. And uh, obviously it wasn't. It was a lot longer than we um, expected. And little did we guess that in 2021, the death toll would have reached 529,000. And many of us would still be working from home. Now, I don't know how you both felt or any of our listeners felt, but you know, it was okay to work from home for a week or two, but then I think everyone started going a little stir crazy. Um, but after a while, people started getting used to it. So, um, so people are talking about more normalcy. Everyone, if you go to the city, although I have some concerns still, uh, it's busy. The restaurants are busy. Uh, I think there's going to be a trend where uh, people got so used to living in their second homes that they might have two and not, they're using their second, they're gonna use their second homes more than less. In other words, if they don't have to be in the office every day, then they can spend more time in their second home rather than just weekends. One big features that these are, well, probably important, but most important after the pandemic, during the pandemic, like home offices, backyards um they've gone from nice to have to essential um and now that people can work from home they are helping they're moving you know to more you know they can move further away uh i don't think you know there's i've been reading articles big city loses its cool and suburbs will never be the same well suburbs might never be the same but i don't think big cities will lose their cool i think it's just going to take you know, a little adjustment because there's some big issues I still see in some of the big cities. And I think the number one concern for all of us is safety. Um, and that's, you know, it's not even the virus anymore as much as I feel that it's safety. So I think that um, whoever gets in for mayor, that has to be their primary concern because uh, that's from, you know, my audiences and everyone that I speak to, that's their concern. They're looking at suburbs, but then you have, you know, you have a lot of people who will have suburbs, but as I said, you have a lot of people who are buying in the city who were not able to afford it. And those people that lived in the city now through the pandemic realize, hey, you know what, I might be able to work from home a couple of days, so I want to have a home office, or I want to have a little green. So some, some trends that, you know, weren't necessary. Um, they were nice to have, but people are looking for them. And so some people are upgrading because the only place that I know of in New, 
you know, the only place that I know pretty much in the United States that's not, and it, that's rising quickly, but is not at pre-pandemic prices is New York City. So you still can get some kind of a deal there, but they're, 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 they're really coming up. And I, I don't think it'll be that long before they're back uh, to um, pre-pandemic prices. And so I think that everyone thought, I mean, even myself, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I, I, I don't know about you, Ace, or, my, or Steven, but, you know, when we first had the pandemic, and if you recall, we were on total lockdown, and everybody just got out of the city if they could. And, this, they, they, you know, they said, well, the New York City has an exodus, and it's never going to come back. And despite the slow, you know, a slowdown, a little slowdown in early July, which is normal for the city to have in the summer, um, the borough has seen elevated sales in 23 of the last 24 weeks. So they've seen more sales than last year, and they've seen high-end sales over $4 million. So a lot of people see this as an opportunity who wanted to trade up in the city uh, that they can get a deal, which is was very hard to do. And in some ways, I think that the city, that's good. I think that it's gotten to such a high price. It's still very high than any place else, but I think it gives more flexibility. And as I've said before on many shows, I think it gives the younger people a place and a chance to get into the city. So I think that's all good. And I think that I'm a believer in real estate. Now, I don't know about you in the stock market or what you guys have been doing with the stock market, but uh, someone asked me, Dottie, is real estate a better investment than the stock market? Now, I don't know how anybody would answer that. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Uh, but I will tell you that residential real estate, especially, is very emotional. And it's a very emotional category for many investors. And sometimes they're not as objective because when you're going to live in it, it's very different than when you buy it as an investment that you're not going to live in. And we're going to talk a little about how to get started buying a residential home as an investment. Because I, I know people made millions in the stock market, but I myself, I'm really more comfortable buying real estate because number one, I do know it. Number two, it's not as volatile. You know, with stocks, their stock could be at a high number tonight, today, and by tomorrow morning, well, it's Sunday, so we'd say Monday, it could be down a whole lot where real estate doesn't just tumble overnight unless there's some catastrophic thing that happens. Um, so it's really impossible to uh, equate or adequately compare the returns of private held individual real estate investments to broad-based stock market. Um, even though we have some data, but I really feel that with the stock market, you really have to watch it, watch it closely, um, hope that you picked the right investment strategies and comparatively, um, real estate really, I think is harder to lose in, okay? Unless, you're, unless you, don't, you don't have, you know, your finances to place. I think it, it brings a lot of good things to the table. And I think soon is going to be a good time 
for people to start investing not in real estate as a rental. And I'm going to tell you why after the break, because I think it's a very good time to start buying a, a real estate, a single family home as a real estate investment. And we're going to talk about that after the break. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients, that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Software engineer, machine learning, Peloton Interactive, Inc. in New York, New York. Job description, conduct complex software applications development to retrieve, manipulate, analyze, and model user content preference data and create data models for software features which optimize personalization and responsiveness to individual user needs. Analyze and regulate data for analysis of patterns in user requirements and preferences. Improve machine learning models to predict user needs. Analyze data and develop models to ascertain preferences relating to proprietary software employing sophisticated machine machine learning techniques to determine in advance preferred user programs and requirements. Design and develop software features which apply machine learning models to contribute to improvements in user appeal. Gather insights derived from machine learning processes to refine software design specifications and details. Deploy analysis through user preference data models to develop new features such as personalized content recommendations. May telecommute from any location within the U.S. Resume to christina.ellis at onepeloton.com, job code 49134.00066. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. 
Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970. The answer. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. There's a few technical difficulties, but uh, we're all here on a wonderful day and we're glad to be with you. Um, we have a lot of great subjects today we're going to talk about, and um, I know I have some callers, we'll get to you in a minute. Uh, what I'm going to start to talk about, it's a lengthy topic, but I am a believer of real estate, and I don't say that because I'm in the business. I say that because I believe in it. Um, I'm not saying that people didn't make millions in the stock market because some people did, some people lost, but you really have to watch that. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen um, when everything really settles down and all the, I know that New York, I think I've talked about it on the shows, has special funds for people who can't pay their rents. And um, ACE, I think you've talked about it many a day and said, if you can't make your mortgage payments, just call and the banks are going to try to work something out. They don't, they don't want your house back. Um, so, you know, the chances of you being foreclosed right away are, are not really I don't see in, 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 in the near future. So you can be a newbie and you can really start to invest in real estate as an investment. And I think it's a great investment if you are willing to put the time into it. Okay. Um, and you don't really need a, a lot of money. You know, um, Ace, if you could just, and I, I'm going off topic, but I don't think we talk about it enough. And I think that a lot of people don't even understand it. But doesn't the FHA have a program that you can you can put very little money down? Yeah, FHA has a uh, program that you can put 3.5% down. Fannie has a program that you can put 5% down, right, Dottie? So, you know, along the lines of, just investing in real estate. And I invest in both. I invest in real estate and I invest in the stock market today. Um, but it's after years and years of accumulating a little bit of savings to invest into the stock market, right? I can tell you from my own personal experience, and I learned this from working with you, Dottie, and, and learning from you, you've always talked about just invest, you know, in, in terms Start. of what you're, com- what you're comfortable with, right? So my first property that I ever bought was for $150,000. It was a condo when I was around 23 years old, right? And and that was like really my first start and I put 10% down as 15 grand. Obviously price points today are a little bit different, but you can still buy a starter home for around for around 450,000, 300,000 depending on where you are um in in the United States. There are still properties out there there are $200,000 and let's say you put 5% down, right? That's $10,000. And as long as you're working out the payments, 
And the rental cash flow that you're getting back pays for the mortgage, the interest, and um, the taxes and insurance, then you know you can start with very little down. And to Dottie's point, you're not buying it for the whole amount of 200, 300,000. And that's the beauty of real estate. And consistently, if you hold on to it and it's a long play for you, um, you're going to build equity and you're going to build wealth, right? So, you know, don't think that you have to start with that million or $2 million property. No. That's, that's not, that's not true at all. Right. So, um, there, I mean, we joke around sometimes, Dottie, there are some landlords that own a hundred properties, but they're buying in upstate New York or Detroit. And there's so many different places that you can look to, to purchase and have a really great investment property. And, and today you can do that here in New York. You can go upstate New York. You can go to Long Island in some, in some cases, some places in Queens. So there's a lot of different opportunities. You just have to start somewhere. So I, I would encourage our listeners, if you don't own real estate today, probably no better time to think about it because of the low rates. And to Dottie's point, there's FHA, there's Fannie, there's so many different products that you can u- utilize that will only require 3.5% down, 5% down. So it's, 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 there's no right. better time than, than right now, Dottie. You know, I, I just want to emphasize that to our listeners. There is none. There is none. Now, you can... Um invest in real estate in many ways, but I'm primarily going to talk about buying um, single family homes that you can rent. However, that's not the only, that's what I'm going to talk about, but you can fix and flip homes, which is a whole different subject. And we can talk about that at another time. You can buy the property and sell it immediately. Uh, So if you have enough money to buy a home in the cash and, you know, and maybe you get something undervalued, you can buy it and just sell it. Um, you can have a double closing where you, where you actually buy it and you hand over the contract. I don't know that they're doing that much in New York, but people are uh, buying. And I have been in the business my whole life since I'm in my 20s. And I've watched so many people. And I don't say this in a bad way. I just say that didn't even graduate high school and made millions of dollars in investing in residential real estate and not $20 million properties. I mean, that's good for some people. Um, But this is where like a a regular person, okay, because if you have your money in a bank now, you really are losing money just having it in the bank. Okay. So, so although you can, you know, you can get into REITs and all that, but crowdfunding, but I'm going to talk about it as buying single family homes. And so to invest in a single family home, it can be an investment that, and it can be the best investment you make. And it can offer, depending on how much you put down and how much of a mortgage you have, but it can, and how much of a rent, it can offer a steady stream of income over time, positive cash flow. It can build your wealth. It could generate a nice return. And you don't have to really know that much. And you don't have to follow it every minute. Like I see my friends who are day trading and they're following those stocks every second. Um, Single family homes make up one third of all of the United States rentals. Um, You can manage them. If you buy something that's close by and not too far away, you can pretty much manage a single family home uh, by yourself. 
if you buy in a good school district, and again, in the suburbs, that's everything is, you could see two different homes, um, two of the same exact homes, and they could be a block away, and they could be completely different prices. Um, but in the suburbs, people look at all the school district ratings. So you can always get them on the internet. Um, but if the school districts are good and the area looks like they're building or their stores are opening, uh, you'll have less volatility. And you also will find that people that rent homes because the generally stay in them. Like the one thing you do have to, one of the disadvantages of real estate investment in single homes is that if somebody moves out, if your tenant moves out, then you, you know, you have to look for another tenant that could take time. Um, but, but again, percentage wise, people that buy, that rent whole homes are usually staying them longer. They don't go from home to home to home. Uh, and also with the pandemic, I think everyone got used to more space and having more space or found that they had not enough space. And so you could buy something much cheaper if you go a little far out. And if you rent, you could have a home office. And since I think a lot of people will be doing some combination of working at home and working in the office, um, that really gives a lot more um, push for people renting homes. The location is key and the way you do that is you know you talk to a broker and you have them show you similar properties don't buy the most expensive home um but no matter what's going on i really have to say this i am really upset with the world i think that you know we are you know we've been in terrible in times and the politics i'm so sick of them uh and there's talk of trade wars and, and there's political tensions. But regardless of all that's going on, people need to live somewhere. It's a need. Uh, and it has the potential of income and appreciation. I bought my own Ace Tells You a Story. I was in a car accident when I was uh, 10, maybe 10. And so at the time... Um, I collected a little bit of money, but I wasn't able to touch it till I was 18, I think, or 21, one of those. So when I first turned 21 and I got the money, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And my father said, no, you're not. You're going to buy real estate. I said, dad, I don't really want to buy real estate. Here's what I want to do. And he said, you're going to buy real estate. And I actually didn't know enough to be sophisticated enough to go to uh uh, a broker because it was like a neighbor that was selling the house around that he knew and the house was probably the smallest home I've ever seen I mean it was really a tiny home that when I sat in the kitchen if I leaned back on my chair hit the but that home that I bought at 21 allowed me to buy more investment um it was the best thing I've ever done that I listened to my dad. We have a little time out for commercial break. We'll be right after the break. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo telling you about Connors and Sullivan. You need a will, you need a trust, you need power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or estate plan. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? But you know what? You got to go to connorsandsullivan.com or you can call Mike Connors at 718-238-6500 or 
or you can attend a Connors and Sullivan free seminar and have all your questions answered by Mr. Connors himself. Tuesday, July 27th at Buckley's Avenue S in Marine Park, Brooklyn, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Wednesday, July 28th, Connolly's in Maspeth, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Thursday, July 29th at the Bay Ridge Manor. That's 11, 3, and 7 p.m. Friday, July 30th at the Adria Hotel in Bayside, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Mike Connors always says the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Please call 718-238-6500, attend these seminars, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative, and their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation, as you know, has been supporting our nation's heroes and their families since 9-11. And to mark 20 years this year, the foundation is giving 120 mortgage-free homes to Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. To honor America's fallen heroes, the foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, is walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and on to ground zero. His more than 500-mile journey through six states in 42 days begins August 1st and fittingly finishes on 9-11 at Ground Zero. It's a moving tribute. The foundation is bringing back Towers of Light to the memorials at the Pentagon and in Shanksville in September. Help America to never forget America's greatest heroes. Do good, please, in their honor. Please help out. It's only $11 a month. It goes to T2T.org. It's just like that. T, the number two, and then T.org. So proud to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. You never really stop riding in your mind. Never, never, never. Unless you're thinking of something else. Like other thoughts. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Dottie Herman, we're back on I on Real Estate. We're talking about investment um, as an opportunity to buy an investment in residential real estate, buying a one-family single home. And I think that is a good thing to do. I think it's a safer in many ways sometimes in the stock market i think if you buy it close enough it's manageable 
I think if you look at a, an area and you buy a home that if you're handy or you have friends that are handy and you buy a home that's not structurally bad, but has not been decorated since the 1980s or is kind of dirty or messy, uh, you can, with not a lot of money, really take a home and really clean it up and fix it, you know, as long as it's not structural damage. Cosmetically, once you just paint it and clean it and pull out all the junk, and if there's like old rugs on the floor, a lot of times underneath it, there's hardwood. Um, and I think you will get over time appreciation um, because if you look at, you can go on Douglas Sullivan and see all of our charts over the last 10 or 15 years and see appreciation and how, you know, there's ups and downs. And the only time people really get hurt is if they buy a home and they have to sell it when the market's down. Um, you get tax benefits, you get tax write-offs, you're allowed to write, you know, you're allowed to write off the cost of uh, operating a rental property with whether that's maintenance, repairs, taxes, insurance, it's all fully deductible and you get depreciation deductibles. And we're not going to talk about it today, but in many cases you can do a 1031 exchange, which they're trying to take away. I don't think they're going to get away with it. I don't think they're going to do it, but they tried. Well, you can actually take your house, sell it, buy another investment house and pay no capital gains. So it's in now, I know in the beginning of the show, which I was having trouble connecting, but um, I think Ace and Stephen talked about inflation and real estate is uh, definitely a hedge against inflation. The annual rate of inflation is about two and a half percent a year. And this means that if you put your money in a bank, it actually loses value, okay? Um, home prices have grown. I don't even want to tell you how much, but on the average, a 5% number is a good number for a 5%. Um, I don't want to count the pandemic and how much everything rose because that's kind of an anomaly. I don't know that they rise that much, but I do think that then look at the trends, millennials, they're at the age of their having families. Okay. And they believe in home buying. So if they can't buy a home and they don't have the means to buy a home at the moment, um, they're having families and much easier to uh, have a little space. Uh, you know, I, when I first, you know, I, I started in Long Island. When I first went to the city uh, to work and I would see people uh, live with three kids in a thousand square feet apartment, I would say, oh my God, I don't know how they don't kill each other. Um, so people want to have space. And as uh, Ace will tell you, you don't have to have as much money as you think. What you want to do is have a slush fund, okay? Um, but I think it's something that you should look about. And I, I know we have a caller, I, but I want to say this, because I'm going to talk about this going forward. I don't know what's going to happen. Everyone asked me what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and, and you know, uh, when all these subsidies wear away. You know, when, right now... You know, I just read a story in the paper about a poor Holocaust survivor, a woman who's 78 and can't get her house back because the people won't move out. Uh, so I don't know how this all shakes out. I do know, I think I told you last week that New York State and a lot of states are putting funds together to help people that really need help in rent. Uh, unlike when the pandemic started, that you could have had a million dollars in the bank and if you lost your job, you got it. Now you're going to, there's an income criteria. But they are going to help people. And Ace will tell you they don't want, the bank doesn't want your house back. 
They don't want those houses. What are they going to do with that? So I want you to think that after all these subsidies are over, maybe people that really were going to get out and were going to move uh, said, let me just stick around. I'm not paying rent. I don't have to worry about anything. Um, So I think you're going to see a lot more foreclosures. And this is just my assumptions and things that happen after everything shakes out. Uh, and, you know, I don't know about your feeling. I don't know, Stephen, how much investment you've done, but I know, Ace, you're an avid real estate investment investor. What do you see? I mean, Dottie, I just recently bought a 100-unit um, property in Albany uh, with a partner. Um, he's in development in Albany. And, you know, I can tell you, like, like, like I've been telling everybody here um, that's, that's listening to the show, I started with one condo at $150,000, right? And now I built it up to about 100 units. And, and look, you know, we continue to, as we get more experience, as we look at, you know, things a little bit more differently. But you started to show by saying, you know, you wanted to talk about buying a one family home. And that's all it takes, really, right? It's, it, really, it really comes down to working with a really good realtor to understand what the rental market is in that in that area and then looking to see if you have enough down payment and enough cash flow to just sustain if if you need to find a renter you know just have enough reserves for at least 6 to 12 months in case it's empty for a year you just want to make sure that you're looking at all of dotting your i's crossing your t's but the fundamentals are there the fundamentals are if you buy a home and you're able to put a small down payment down and the rest is is financed through through your rental, um, I guess, um, investment. And if your total payment with mortgage, insurance, taxes is is right around a thousand dollars, and you can get a rental for about a thousand or eleven hundred, and you're breaking even, you're going to make money off of appreciation, right? Especially in New York City. So you just have to, you know, work out the numbers. If you have a question, call us. Will help you figure out if that's a good investment property or not. That's why we're here, and um, it's all about just getting in the game. You just got to start somewhere, right? And, and I just I encourage, think, yeah. As Ace did, my first house was like I said, the smallest house I've ever seen. The smallest house, yeah, yeah. Okay, and and it was you know I was far better off. I mean, I could have gotten a better apartment, a looking apartment, than the house that I got, but it was structurally okay and. Uh, it only had two little bedrooms and, and it did have a basement. Um, it really, the master bedroom was the size of a second bedroom. It really wasn't a master, but it, everything was priced higher. And that is really how I started. Um, uh, you know, I financed a lot of the property. That's how I started uh, my road in real estate. I was not in real estate at the time, nor did I ever think I'd be in real estate at that time. I was probably teaching and um then I saw that and then what I did was I sold a half of the house to two friends of mine and so I pulled out a little money uh not and we kept it and now I had two other partners and not for today's show remember something I'm going to talk about that in future shows if you don't have the money you might want to with a couple of friends or maybe a fam- a brother or a sister or a parent or family member, you might want to chip in and pool your money and buy an investment property. And the only reason I'm stressing single family homes 
at this point. And, you know, I think Ace can talk more about bigger investments um, and on a future show is that they're relatively easy for beginners. They're relatively easy and there's not much you have to know other, but you have to know what it's like to be a renter and you have to expect that you might get a call at two o'clock in the morning that somebody has a leak or something. Um, and generally when you rent a house, most people pay all their utilities. So you're going to be left with taxes. And I, again, don't know when interest rates go up, um, but at some point they will. And at some point we might have inflation. Uh, I think we are starting to have a little bit already. Uh, and it's a great hedge. But at the end of the day, homes usually appreciate. So you don't want to buy the biggest home on the block. Um, and you don't want to buy something that's all done up because as an investment, you know, with a rental, you never know how somebody takes care of it. So you want to put, clean it, minimize what you do to it, make sure to clean the windows. Maybe you go to Home Depot and buy some, you know, knobs for the, the kitchen, you know, cabinets, and maybe you put new countertops. But I really, really, really think um, I am going to urge you to look into it if you have a little cash or you have a couple of friends and you want to do it together. Uh, because I think it's a fair, nothing's, you know, there's no investment that's safe. But I think if you have money sitting in the bank now, you're really losing money. Um, so we're going to continue to talk about it in future shows. I think I have a caller on the phone. I don't know if we waited um, this long or not, but it, um, do we still have a caller on the phone? Or did he give up? I guess he left. So in any event. Hello. I encourage it. Yes. Oh, do we have Hello. you on the phone? Because I didn't know if you. Uh... Yes. Yes. Is this yes, Andy? Yes, this is Dottie. Yeah, Dottie. Yes. Hi, Andy. Good morning. Thanks for calling. It's, yes. yes. That's Anthony. I hear you fine. Okay, uh, and, last week, thanks for taking my call. You, last week, thank you for calling us. It's my, it's, my, it's my pleasure. But anyway, last week you spoke about a program to assist renters who are currently unable to pay the rent and to call for any information. Yes. I called, last, I called last week, but I was unable to get through. So I was wondering, can you give me that information? Now? Well, that is going to be a problem. Um, I don't have it. You know what? If you call me next week, I'll, I'll have where to go exactly. I know they have it. I mean, I know that it's not an if, that they do have it. Obviously, the 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 the, the thing the we we have what is it August? I think till you know. I think the last day of the thing is August, and then I think um, landlords can send out eviction notices, but they have to give you these papers. You need to find out for me where to get the papers because you have to fill out papers. Um, I'm sure. Oh, I see. Um, so, Andy, yeah, yeah you you know you 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 have to fill out papers. And what happens is if you qualify, and I I was reading what the qualifications were, and they you know you can be still working. It's just that you you know if you can show that you're unable to pay the rent, they will take the money and they will send that money directly to the landlord. So they're not going to give it to you. They will give it to the landlord. So that pays you right now, how long they're going to do it. I didn't know. Um, I think I was on top of that before anyone even knew about it. So if you don't mind, I promise you, I will get as much of the details that I can. 
uh, as far as calling in these places, uh, I can't help you with that. Sometimes just calling is, uh, I've done it myself, we can wait an hour. Um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll scout around and see if there's a place you can pick them up. I really don't know. Where do you live? Do you live in New York City? Do you live in Long Island? Do you live where do you? Yeah, Manhattan. Manhattan. Can you hear me? All right. Andy, don't forget. Yes, I can hear you. Don't forget. Call me next week. It's not really out because you when I think the last day that you have that is August, August 1st or the end of July. So that's probably why you couldn't get anything. But I will find out where to pick up the paperwork because you do have to fill out some papers. That much I do know. I don't know if you can just yeah, and I didn't I didn't have a number. There are a few dot, dot if I can just chime in here. There's a few, there's a few different programs. Some are even pre-existing prior to COVID. If you um so there's a pamphlet that New York City puts out. It's called Open Doors and the Guide and there's list about a half a dozen different programs. If you if you're in New York City, if you dial 311, that gets you to the main New York City operator and you can ask them for what they call um, HRA locations. Um, that is for, um, for, for housing assistance. They have also people who can tell you about the program. Um, there's also, the program is called uh, ERAP, uh, New York State, um, the um, Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Um, th that's another program that's out there. Um, and then also there is, um, you know, you, you can apply, um, regularly. Let's say if you go, um, if you go to New York city, there's something called the, the office of temporary and disability assistance, and they have this ERAP program. You can call seven days a week. Uh, you can, or you can apply online seven days a week, excuse me. Um, and that's another source. So those are. A bunch of different programs. If you have any difficulty finding it, um, on th if you call 311, they will direct you to somebody who can help you guide through the program who works for the city through the, the various programs because there are actually but, a bunch. Yeah, but Andy, I will be more specific. I know I went through it in depth because I read all about it. When I told people, they didn't even know that it was av available. But but you still are safe as far as I think it's right. Stephen, isn't the end of July before you? So, yeah, I mean, you have what happens is the general prohibition ends end of July. But what happens is you can if you submit an affidavit and you want to be careful because it's a it's a sworn statement um, to the government that you are still impacted uh, with COVID and so forth. There are ways in which it can be delayed and actually the government will temporarily pay your rent. So Dottie's absolutely right. There's another that's a newer program um, post COVID. Mm-hmm.